This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and here's a quote from Rob. Harry Potter can kiss my ass. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, Toby Hemingway. That was the character's name. The actor is... No, no. Toby Hemingway is the actor. The character is Reed Garwin. He is one of the four from The Covenant. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? I don't remember if I saw it or not. I oh, think okay. I might have seen it. So this is the one with the Winter Soldier and Gambit and also the... Beautiful, beautiful Chase Crawford. But it was the blonde kid who said it as they were evading a police car chasing them. They ran off of a cliff with all four of their powers combined and basically floated off the cliff. And before they did it, he says, Harry Potter, kiss my ass. Sounds stupid. (laughs) (laughs) The Covenant was basically the male answer to the craft, you know, because men have to have everything. So in order for them to be included, the Covenant was created and it was garbage. Well, remember, we said that men are better at being witches because of their built in wants. (laughs) (laughs) that's true well i mean it did introduce a lot of gorgeous men who were upcoming in their careers both tv and film and looking back on how young they were my god but uh yeah i just was like let me just throw in that quote because i always thought that quote was kind of funny because harry potter was just peaking Mm -hmm. in their popularity and it just made sense to make fun of them yeah (laughs) so this is brunch with the hollowells everyone i am rob the charm fanatic I'm Sean. I'm watching it for the very first time. Sean, you have witchy news. I do. It's about Charmed. All right. So I'm up to episode five of the new show. It wasn't easy to keep watching. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. With that start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But actually, now that I kind of see where it's going, like I'm starting to get a little bit more into it, I have to say. So with light spoilers, warning, warning, warning. Why has it gotten better? What is it about it that you are liking? I'm starting to see how it ties into Macy as a character. I would say the few things that I don't like is I feel like the show focuses too much on Macy and not the other sisters. And I'm still kind of getting more of a Harry story out of this. Like, it's a lot more about his past. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know how much of it feels like the old charm show be for that reason because it's not about the sisters but as we're going they are dabbling in magic again a little bit more so that's giving me the feel of the old show again so i have been keeping up with some of the tweets from charmies online and uh there there are a couple who are saying that there are barely even any scenes with the sisters together mm-hmm. um especially practicing magic and then when it comes to them being together i guess macy one example all she thinks about is harry yeah so i mean i get that and i guess for any newcomer to the charmed legacy uh probably will find that very appealing i just don't understand i guess how this is a solution to season one are they saying that focusing on the Latina side of the sisters was boring, so now we focus on White's Harry? Uh, was the magic not fun enough, so fuck it, we'll just take it from them? Is that for better TV? Like, I just wonder if it's doing them a service. Is is this better than season one, do you think? Oh, no. Okay. It definitely, though, it doesn't feel as chaotic as season one now that it's calming down. Because season one was like, let's throw this at you. Let's throw this at you. Let's throw Mm -hmm. this at you. This one at least has a thread that we keep on like building upon that idea. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit better. But I still have problems with like them hanging around this building with all these little stores in it and stuff. It just seems weird. So the last that we left with... The Charmed uh, season one, they were sort of the protectors and go to for all things magical and their protector, their advisors, you know, keeping everything in order. Have they even once brought in (laughs) any of the good 
creature, mystical beings being like, you said you were going to look after us, like, what the deuce? Or have they just completely wiped that out? Nope. They still have not returned to that finale of season one. So, like, that was the big ending and then nothing. Those creatures that showed up at their house, they're not even in this So, season. they're probably all getting vanquished as we speak. Yeah. Oh, Wow. I, I don't know how that I but but you're is it is it funnier is is it just intriguing is there mystery to it what's keeping you to continue to go back yeah the mystery that they've kind of introduced um it has to do with what's going on with Harry it is getting more interesting on that front okay well you heard it from <laughs> Sean the newcomer he actually is enjoying this season of charm so far and um yeah that says something i i guess they're trying to do something different and get away from the charm shadow and hopefully i still agree that i don't know if it needed to be called charm though okay i've heard and, that said multiple times by different people and yeah. i'm on that page yeah and i i think that's what's tearing me away from watching it because one i watch tons of tv and two, yeah, I, I, in the back of my head, I'm always going to be like, how are they trying to take this charm name and make it better? And I'm not seeing it. So I have all these expectations and I'm trying to let that go, but it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I may just be a binger and watch it at the end of the season. I don't know, but um, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. Right. So <laughs> we'll we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Anything else? That's it. All right. Thanks, Sean, for that update. It's time to get to the OG Charmed. We are doing episode 18 of season three, Sin Francisco, which originally aired uh, April 19, 2001, written by Neil Scovel, directed by Joel J. Feigenbaum. Guest stars uh, include Kevin Wiseman as our Lucas, uh, Michael Roderick as Officer Dean with special musical guests, Orgy. Ew, that's dirty. <laughs> Very fitting for this episode. Mm -hmm. We start with Prue and Phoebe heading downtown to check out some possible evil evil activity Prue found while scrying. Phoebe doesn't like that this uh, caused another delay in a late ethics paper she has for school. And is also concerned Prue is going back to putting too much time into her charm duties. Prue doesn't think that's the case and even adds that she doesn't think Piper and Phoebe need to watch over them, need her to watch over them now that they've both got guys. Two things, one good, one bad that I found with that particular statement is that it kind of goes back to women need men in order to be okay. And then also I do love the fact that Prue has let some of that go because ever since Piper's wedding and her astral self just leaps out of her body you know she definitely needed to stop caring for everybody else 100% and start focusing on you know herself and so it was nice because I don't know it was just the way the scene played out Prue seemed very sure and just calm with being like you do your own thing and I'm gonna do mine and that's what I've been doing is just more charm stuff mm -hmm. Prue thinks the activity she found is in a dumpster uh, she pops it open to reveal a giant box. Phoebe thinks that <laughs> Phoebe thinks it has a coffee maker inside, but Prue tells her the box is empty. And uh, Phoebe mentions that Cole hasn't been around too often, but does manage to peek in on her occasionally for, let's say, some booty call. Mm. They're having sex. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> she wonders if all he's interested in is sex, but Prue reminds her that she got a magical confirmation that Cole loves her. So I want to know, like, do you go through that too in new relationships? You're like, oh, what if this is just sex? Of course, all the time. Why do you think we all do that? Well, as gay men, you know, and I don't want to categorize the entire community of gay men, but most gay men are driven by the sexual part of a relationship and lately now with a hookup society that we're in and this is both gay and straight my opinion is is that you know sex usually is your gateway into finding out if you want a relationship mm -hmm. with them you know it's not going out on a date 
or even having good conversation. And it also depends how you meet each other. But for the most part, sex is usually that conduit into or that bridge that gets you into like, hmm, do I want to get to know this guy? Let's see if he can lay it down first. Oh, now I want to talk to you, you know? So you always wonder if it's about sex. Yeah, I'm actually, it's funny, I'm going through that with my married couple right now, because mm-hmm. I was over the other night, and he was like, oh, we were worried that last time you were here, it was just for sex. I was like, no, I came to hang out with you guys, that's why I brought, like, video games and all this crap. So why do they think that, then? I think it's because one night when I was there, um, two of us get along better than the other two of us, so, like, we were all hopped up, ready to go. And, like, the other guy basically had just gone through something and he wasn't into it. So, I don't know. And then I I offered to come over the next night. So, I think they thought that I just came back over because I didn't get sex the first night. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And then I was kind of going through that a little. And I had to remind myself, like, dude, they just took you to meet their mom and sister. So, like, you're part of the family now. (laughs) Okay, so Sean, tell me this, just based on your original question, did you meet these guys based on sex, or was it an official sort of date or hangout during, you know, in as part of your introduction? Um, we met on OKC, and actually, they wanted to have sex sooner than I let them, but part of that was also because it was kind of awkward, because like dealing with four people, because Anthony started in the picture too. But we started off by going out on dates all together to make sure we liked each other first, and then the sex came. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. So, I mean, like I said, it's not completely set in stone. It's just with my experience, yes, I'm always going to think that because my experience lately is usually we'll hook up, we'll keep hooking up, and then throughout that, how's your day? You know, and so it's just like, they're going to want to, I guess, get to know me through the process of just continuing to hook up. And not to say that they couldn't hang out with me without it, but that's the driving force that keeps giving them a reason to come back and learn more. And then all of a sudden, I guess you're just supposed to, poof, be in a relationship without even knowing, you know? Mm -hmm. There isn't this sort of, I guess, old school process, and I hate using that word because I don't think it's an old school trait, to just go out on a date. Or to just hang out and not have it be revolved around sex being like an end game or beginning game, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think about that quite a bit. A man in a suit wants something that is in a box held by a demon. The demon tells her what he wants. More greed is no longer in the box. He throws a fireball at the man but misses just as Prue and Phoebe arrive. Prue flings the demon aside. The man and the demon go for the box but Prue swats it into the street. The demon says the box belongs to another demon, Lucas, and fades out. The man runs into the street after the box and is hit by a bus. Do you ever think it's so funny, like, how often in movies and shows people get hit by buses? I think that bus drivers are the, like, epitome of evilness and death that we have in our country. Yeah. They should be stopped. I don't get why in media... Bus drivers do not see a goddamn thing yeah. in the road. It It is so crazy how many lives they take out and keep going. And you never hear about that happening in real life, but I could name three things right now, right off the top of my head, where people get hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Um, I mean, I think the force of a bus, it's really hard to just pop a brake down and stop before you hit them, but they are coming in full force. Like, it isn't even, there's not even a sign that they even pushed on the brake, you know? So, I don't know, just the way that this was filmed was crazy. Like, Final Destination, that bus hits her hard. (laughs) This is what I find funny. You couldn't even hear the bus coming until it hit her. Yeah. (laughs) I just was like, what is happening? Yeah, crazy. All right, and Daryl identifies him as Robert Pike, a successful stockbroker and philanthropist. Another cop, Officer Dean, questions Phoebe and tries to hit on her, but Phoebe tells him she's spoken for. So, Sean, you mentioned that it was very unprofessional of him to be hitting on her, you know, while he's on duty. Elaborate on that. It just seemed unprofessional. Like, <laughs> they're at a crime scene where somebody just died, and he's just suddenly like, 
hey, how are you doing? You know what I mean? So you're saying it's like a little unethical to be doing that at that moment? You know, yeah. like what a perfect time to try and find your next date is when somebody just died? I think just in general, if you're on the job, like you shouldn't be hitting on people. Now, is that specifically on any job or just the fact that he's a cop? Any job. Any job. Okay. So, like, I immediately responded and was like, well, he's a cop. When is when else is he supposed to, well, not when else, but, like, if you see a woman you like, I mean, how, I don't know. It's just, like, when you go off duty, what are you going to do? Find, like, sometimes you just happen to just cross paths with somebody that you're into and it's just like, well, first of all, I wouldn't do it. I'm just playing devil's advocate right now. That's all. But like most of the time he's on duty and that's usually probably when he sees new people. And I don't know. It's just like, when else is he supposed to do it? So a, he's a cop. It can't be that hard for him to meet people. (laughs) He just walks into a bar and flat. Oh, oops. I didn't mean to flash that, but yeah, I'm a cop. I have a huge cock. (laughs) I actually would get super turned off over the fact that he's a cop because one, again, the whole like, I got to watch you leave the house and possibly never come back. I I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I think cops are hot, but that's it. We're just having sex. That's it. I I don't think I could ever date a cop. I would actually be a little turned off if a cop just like did that at a crime scene i'd be like dude is this like your mo do you just always do this like what's going on i don't think my mood would be there to hit on somebody yes definitely would you feel comfortable if they took your statement down and all that but then obviously had your phone number and address and they like hit you up i'm more okay with that (laughs) of course you are well it's like later it's not in the moment it's not over a dead body (laughs) but it's the fact that they also took your information from a business standpoint and used it for personal gain yeah it's still not great i think it depends actually want to know a secret about sean okay i did that to someone once oh real at work yeah oh my god but they haven't even seen your face though no 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 okay so i was a trainer at the point he was in one of the training classes okay so i wasn't his direct trainer but his number was in the system so like i texted him and what did he say he made a joke. He's like, it's a little bit creepy, but it's cool. <laughs> oh, but you... we had been talking in class first and I didn't have any other way to reach out to him. Any other way you couldn't just, I guess I could have at just... work. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. It felt weird doing it at work though. Let me tell you what happened to me over the weekend. You want to hear creepy. Uh Oh, pause for a second. Charmy's so sorry. I got to tell this story. <laughs> so, random just at home um i'm on grinder and i get a text from a faceless profile like it's completely blank right nothing on it and then i go into the message and it says do you want to play and then it has a picture of my front building door showing that he's in front of my building no stats no photo no photo of him afterwards it was just are you looking to play and a photo of him being in front of the in front of my apartment building. What the fuck? Like the door. It wasn't him. It was the door. Still didn't get no photo. I was like, hell no. I didn't respond. But I was like, that is some. You have balls to do something like that. And do you wonder if anybody actually like sees who it is? Like, ooh, maybe let's give it like you know actually are curious enough to go see yeah i don't know if it's better it's to find so out or not. creepy now at least then you'd know who's after you that is true but see he's already seen my face i haven't seen his so the minute i go down he's gonna know that i at least saw it and attempted to check him out well that's what i mean like i don't know if it's better to see their face or not yeah i actually am okay with this ignorance is bliss thing right now with this particular because if i did then i i would have to acknowledge the fact that i know who he was the other thing is is that because grinder goes by distance he just made an assumption hopefully uh. hopefully he made an assumption that i lived in this building because of the fact that our distance was so close so I don't know if he just have seen me or the fact that he just assumed that I was here. That's why I didn't answer. And I, yeah, 
That's true. I think it would be even worse if it was like a picture of your actual door. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Creepy. I've got to set up a profile and do that. Be careful what you wish for. I know I want attention, but damn. Wow. Yeah. Who knows who it could have been? That's the other thing too. I wonder if that ever works. I. I man. I mean, it just seems so like you know easy for him to just pop that in and without showing a face picture at all i mean what the what the deuce man yeah Yeah. (laughs) creepy (laughs) yeah all right back to charmed we are uh at lucas now he is very very angry with the lesser demon uh he got pike's soul but needs to deliver seven souls for seven sins He's even angrier that he has to get past the sisters to get the box back. And vanqu- and he vanquishes his henchman because he comes up with a plan and was like, I don't need you anymore. So he vanquishes him. Prue slips the box into her purse and takes it back to the manor. Phoebe goes to the kitchen to brief Piper and find- finds her making sushi for Leo. She wants to start pampering him like a normal wife. Phoebe and Piper come into the living room to find Prue eyeballing the box. She wants to open it, but Piper wants to call Leo first. Would you open this box? Not knowing what's inside? <laughs> I probably would because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> horrible. That is so funny. So, yeah, she was just like, oh, yeah, whatever it is, we can handle it. And I'm like, no, you have no idea what's in there. It could be Pandora's box for all you know. At that moment, Leo orbs in and suggests they check the Book of Shadows. And so Phoebe offers to help, but Piper tells her that um, her ethics p- professor called... And wants to meet with her at 2 p.m. So, Sean, our Demon of the Week, Lucas, did you said you recognized him. I remembered him being in Buffy, but I couldn't remember exactly who he was in Buffy. I know. I was trying really hard to think if he had, like, makeup on or if it was just him. I know if I think about it, I can probably tell you. But, yes, he was definitely in Buffy. Uh, he is in The Runaways right now. Oh, yeah. He is the science dad. And he was also in that Coherence movie that I told you about. I I believe that was him. He was one of the dinner guests that was, mm. you know, stuck. Uh, but yeah, yeah, very recognizable. Good TV actor. Uh, he pops up on all those Supernatural stuff. I'm sure he's also been on Supernatural, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with a face like that, too. Like, he's, he's not a bad-looking guy. I just think with the, the way his face is laid out, like, it's different. And you could do different things with oh that. yeah yeah of course of course also in this scene we let's talk about phoebe's <laughs> costume choices this you know episode. <laughs> when they showed it from like the breast up i really liked it i was gonna comment on how cute it was and then they showed the rest and it was just like it looked like <laughs> it looked like there was a kindergarten class and they were making a project and she turned it into <laughs> a shirt well that's the thing it's like when Prue was like, hey, I don't know, maybe you want to put on clothes? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because her, yeah, her top was very revealing, but it was held on by a safety pin. Now, it was big enough to be fashionable, but I wonder if that was Phoebe's doing or if it was manufactured that way. Yeah. I don't know. It just looked weird. Yeah, it wasn't really something yeah i mean i'm glad they brought it up because it really was showing a lot of her but i guess for the sake of the episode they pointed out how you know yeah did you know did you know did you know that i've made sushi before no um i thought it'd be fun i took my dad to a sushi class for father's day once so they like had everything there and we rolled the sushi ourselves then we got to eat it very nice it was easier than I thought, and it was fun. <laughs> Very cool. I watched somebody make sushi before, and I didn't eat it, and then he broke up with me very, very shortly after. Because <laughs> you didn't eat a sushi. Probably. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm a picky eater. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> While Phoebe goes to change, Prue, Piper, and Leo check the book. They find that the box contains glowing balls that represent the seven deadly sins. They're used to corrupt paragons of good with sin magnified a thousand times. Prue suspects Pike was infected by greed. Apparently these sins are spread by infectors who were human before being consumed by sin, such as Lucas. Piper thinks that vanquishing Lucas will cause the sins to lose their power. So Sean, at this point, I paused it and I was like, so before they get zapped... 
I want you to tell me which sins do you think they would be infected with more. And so you said that Prue would have anger. Mm-hmm. And I know where you based that off. It was a good guess. But first, you said pride. That was your original. I did. Okay. Now, I think you changed it because you found out that Leo got zapped as well. So, okay, you were so excited. You were like, you were going to see Leo doing something you never seen. So I thought he was going to get, like, sexy. Okay. So I thought he <laughs> He's would He's never be... been sexy on there? Well, I thought, because he's always so, like, conservative with his Ma- clothes and stuff. Man, him in that tool belt in the first season is sinful enough, okay? okay. Like, he was hot in that one, showing <laughs> his ass on purpose. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's why I thought he would be lust or pride, but okay. I figured Phoebe would be lust okay that's the funniest yeah you definitely got hers down um piper you said envy yeah i kind of thought she'd be envy because she's the middle sister and like she's more conservative so i thought she would lust after or envy after totally get it totally get it a hint could have been the fact that she was trying to pamper with leo in the beginning with her sushi making and stuff. Well, I get that now. Well, yeah. No, I'm just saying. I think that's probably why. Envy, I'm just saying, probably would have been a better choice for her. And then, yeah, Leo, then you put pride on him. Yeah, because I thought I was going to go like, oh, look at my arms. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas fades into the manor just as Phoebe comes downstairs. Lucas opens the box and throws a sin ball at Phoebe. Prue, Piper, and Leo hear Phoebe scream and rush downstairs. Lucas throws sin balls at them as well, then fades out. The sisters and Leo don't feel different at first, making Prue think that only mortal paragons of good can be infected. I love this scene when they all just get zapped and they all just like jolt and like, ooh, I got zapped. It's like, what happened? And then he just disappears. I would be so, I would be so scared. I would be freaking out like, what did he just put in me? And then right. he just disappears. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'd be scared to move. That sounds like one of your grinder hookups. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, what, what's happening? He's like, we got in with those sin thingies. <laughs> I love it. So um, what do you think of the plot? As you found out, we're dealing with the seven deadly sins. Obviously, this is more of a comedic episode. Do you like where this was going versus what you thought? I thought it was exciting to see what the sisters were going to be infected with and then just kind of reading where I thought each of their infections would go. Okay. All right. Did you know there's an X-Men who throws balls? His name is Gold Balls. (laughs) No, I've never heard of this guy. That's your X-Men moment. You're welcome. (laughs) So Phoebe meets Professor Cass her ethics professor. She's on the verge of getting it incomplete, and in addition to a late paper, magical emergencies have caused her to miss several classes. Out of nowhere, Phoebe comes on to the professor and then starts to make out with him. You already (laughs) were seeing mannerisms like, oh, there she goes. Yep. (laughs) She got lust. (laughs) The minute they showed the scene and she's in the chair, she's like... I'm like, oh, girl's going to go for it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, and it was very graphic. Like, she grabs him and throws him off his desk. I'm surprised she didn't get arrested. Right? To be honest with you. Okay, so given that it was sort of in a funny way, right? She did just, like, heavy sexual harass her teacher. Mm -hmm. But we're not talking about it. I mean, in the new charm, they would, but we're not talking about it. Do you think there's still a um, a double standard when it's the woman that does the hitting on? I kind of do. I think that scene, I think, could have still been used today and it would still be okay. Because, yeah, I, don't, I think because she's a student, because she's a female, I think it's a little more acceptable. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that it's allowed or if it was reversed like how dare you and why can't we do what you do we're not saying that but this particular scene i think was filmed in a way to where it didn't acknowledge the fact that women in a comedic way could do this and we wouldn't be Mm -hmm. any of the wiser to to challenge it you know and i do like that i know it's later but that the professor takes action and doesn't just go with it. So Mm -hmm. it shows that it happens to men and men don't always like that either. Yeah. 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 So Prue walks into the kitchen to find Piper ordering thousands of dollars worth of stuff over the 
phone. Um, Prue cuts off the phone and also discovers Piper is drinking a glass of wine in the middle of the day. So, Sean, if you were given the opportunity throughout your day, would you be drinking wine? Or is that more of a social, occasional, or night thing for you? It's mostly an occasional thing for me, but... If it's in the house, if it's the middle of the day, sometimes I will, depending on what it is. Oh, okay. I don't, well, I do have a bottle of wine in my refrigerator right now, but that's only because I went somewhere, they didn't drink it, took it home, which is what always happens when I get invited out and I have to bring something. But I usually do not carry alcohol in my home because I have no desire to drink it Mm. unless I'm out. So I wouldn't be drinking during the day. However, you know, when brunch comes along, I'll hit those mimosas all day. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem at all. And I think if I like go on picnics or some kind of outdoor movie, if it took place during the day, you best believe I will probably drink in the yeah. middle of the day. Yeah, I usually don't have alcohol at home. Like Anthony and I picked up a 12 pack because we were Aldi and it was cheap. Mm-hmm. But the only other time I'll drink at home, and this is going to sound really bad, but sometimes when I get depressed... Oh, yeah. Very careful of that. Hey, as long as you are self-aware, moderation, do you do you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen often. Not enough for me to be drunk, but it does happen sometimes. So for me, you know, just a little bit off topic from Charmed is that I still haven't figured out the advantage of drinking when you're down. That's the last thing that I want to do if I'm feeling depressed. I haven't really been i mean i know that when you drink you get relaxed more fun or whatever but to me i just think that at least for me if i'm gonna drink it's just gonna enhance my depression so it's just funny how drinking usually is the solution to numb it or or make it go away for a moment i i just never had that effect Mm -hmm. so i i just find it interesting when people say like oh i'm down drinking will solve it I think when I drink wine, like, it helps to numb it, and then it makes me sleepy, and then I just go to sleep and forget it. Gotcha. Okay. So, Peru has done some more digging on the sin balls, and they infect people a lot faster than they than expected, and then drive the victims to self-destruction. Piper doesn't think that they have anything to worry about since they apparently weren't infected, and then takes a bite of chocolate. <laughs> She's talking with her <laughs> mouth full. I love it. Uh, Phoebe walks in. Uh, Her professor threw her out of class, and she doesn't even remember trying to come on to him. Uh, So, Sean, the sisters are already showing signs of the sins that they are easily exposed to, you know, just something that they're predisposed to and enhancing it. So, if you were hit with a sin ball, which sin do you think would hit you the most? So, I already know you don't agree with me because you're an asshole, (laughs) but... (laughs) It's not like I don't ag- agree with you. I It's just <laughs> I was surprised to hear that that was your answer. Wow. I think it's an obvious choice. I think I'd be lust. And, like, I think part of what you're not seeing is, like, I'm so boy crazy. Like, when I go out with Anthony, we have a game we play where, like, I see someone and then we ha- the other one has to guess who we're looking at. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we're like always talking about like sex and guys and yeah, I'm totally lustful. Okay. No, fair enough. So mine would actually, well, actually I'll let you tell me, what do you think mine would be? Mm. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. I'm going through them all in my head right now. I think yours would be envy. Envy. Okay. All right. I actually would think that. I would get hit with the sloth ball. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I. it's very easy for me to be lazy and just kind of just stew here and not really do anything, especially because I watch tons of movies and TV. Mm-hmm. I can easily sit on my ass and not do a damn thing for the whole day. So I think over the rest of them, I would be hit with the sloth ball. Tell the listeners what you think I would be. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I immediately thought gluttony and that's just based on the materialistic stuff that you constantly buy all the time not that it's wasteful i think it's amazing but your money goes towards things 
<laughs> I am not materialistic. I didn't but say you were. On I'm Black just... Friday, I bought <laughs> Teen <laughs> Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Oh, is that good? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I forgot about that movie. Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, <laughs> we're back in Jumanji. <laughs> God, I cannot wait. Two more weeks. Two more weeks. I cannot wait. Okay. No, but I definitely know why you chose Gluttony for me, and I get that, but I still think Lustful more. Okay. No, fair enough. Those movies are super cheap, though. It's like 4 and $6, I Oh, think. yeah. I would have done the same, but because I, I did some Black Friday shopping as well, and I, I just bought a lot of expensive stuff. Plus, I bought tickets to Hamilton. Oh! <gasps> So I've been spending lots and lots of money this past um, few weeks. So I was like, I need to just get the essentials that I need for my apartment on Black Friday. And then that's it. Like I so get this Jinx and Ben are back with a different Christmas show. I said no. Who are you? I know. I'm not like I can't I can't go because like I've just been spending way too much money. I need to stop. Mm-hmm. for a while and it sucks because i really want to go but i just can't are you gonna go i might i don't know because yeah. um we're trying to find a drag queen for anthony and he's kind of deciding along ben so i want him to see ben live gotcha no fair that's fair warning due to the wonderful magic of charmed sean and rob have also been infected by sin balls and will continue the next few segments infected with sloth and lust. Listener's discretion advised. Prue realizes that Phoebe has been infected with lust and Piper with gluttony. Piper calls for Leo. But Prue says that he's in the living room. God. The sisters find oh, Leo laying on the couch watching TV. Sean, are are you? Wait. You, you okay? I'm okay. I just, I can't stop thinking about Leo. And like, do you ever think about how every single guy has a penis? Yes, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> we were both gay men. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? <laughs> oh, the sisters find Leo laying, oh, laying down. I just want to be on that. I guess you are really into Leo this episode. Yeah, I don't know what's come over me. He's laying on the couch watching TV. He's been infected with sloth. Piper, Phoebe, and Leo start to give in to their sins, but Prue tries to snap them back to themselves. A delivery man arrives with flowers Piper ordered for herself. Phoebe tries to hit on him, but Prue angrily shoes him out because he's mine. (laughs) On the TV, a news program records that mm, Pastor Roger Tremblay... (laughs) Has taken a hostage at Bay City Motor Cars. Oh, I'd, I'd motorboat that. <laughs> and is demanding a Jaguar. The sisters suspect he's been infected with envy. Prue and Phoebe head out, but Piper wants to stay and pamper Leo. God, why would she not want to? And herself as well. As it turns out, she sees some expensive goodies at on a home shopping channel and wants to order them. oh did you also notice this is how old this show is (laughs) phoebe's like turn on mtv because that carson daly is hot he is hot (laughs) i i think he's okay he didn't grow up so well (laughs) (laughs) horrible but it yeah it yeah i mean he's he wasn't really my type to begin with anyway but yeah Carson was pretty big back then, but that's how old this show is. I know. You wonder if anybody new watching Charm would know Carson Daly, who he is. Do you think he's still... Because he hosts um, that that show, right? The America's Got Talent. Oh, so, he I mean, does. He's, so he's still kind he's of still in around. The, yeah, so I think people would know who he is. And back when Charm was on, like, everybody watched TLR. Yes. Or TRL. TLR. <laughs> I'm just so horny, I can't I, think. <laughs> So Leo is showing a little bit of comedy chops on this, pretending to be super lazy and doesn't give a shit about anything or anyone. What do you think of his performance so far? Mm, I love watching him perform. Oh, I guess I should have known the answer. (laughs) I think he's so funny, and especially that part where he's like, I tried to orb to heaven, but I got lazy and came back. He's like halfway, I just decided to come back. (laughs) 
How do you orb halfway and get tired? <laughs> right. That was amazing. I just wonder how much energy it takes to orb. But like he was like, I was halfway up there and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> so Prue and Phoebe meet Daryl at the scene. And Prue runs into the dealership over Daryl's objections and tries to talk Tremblay down. And ugh, I just... Ugh. Sean, can you just read the rest of this? I'm tired. It's your turn. Uh, but uh, so like, uh, do you want to watch like TV or something? Rob, focus. Uh, fine. Okay. She tries to fling the gun out of Tremblay's hand, but to her shock, nothing happens. And Tremble shoots. Daryl nervously calls for her. And a moment later, Prue comes out with the hostage and like mobs by reporters. And she's all like... Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't even... Oh, yeah, Daryl does something like drags her way and... Ugh. I, Sean, this is... Dude, let's just do something else. This is so, like... <sighs> do you want to play strip poker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just suddenly just, like, ugh, over this. It's like... I mean, the Charmies knows what's going on. Why do they don't need me to read it? We're not going to get any Patreon if you're just going to be <laughs> lazy and not do the episode. <sighs> Suddenly need a nap. Okay, okay. I'm almost done. Okay. So, Daryl sees Prue's hand is bleeding and her jacket is scorched. Apparently, the bullet grazed her. But she didn't even feel it. Prue realizes she's been infected after all, realizing that Lucas might come after the pastor's soul. Robert, wake up. What? 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 Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm reading, I'm reading. Prue asks Daryl to hide the pastor in a psychiatric, psychiatric hospital, and Prue and Daryl then notice Phoebe's missing and finds her making out in a SWAT van with Officer Dean, Prue and Daryl pull them out of the van, and Prue realizes she's been infected with pride. It explains why she initially didn't think she was infected. She drags Phoebe back home, and Daryl chews out Dean before suspending him. Lucas fades in and throws the anger ball at Dean. I like how I was like, are we going to get anger? And you're like, no, we don't get anger. And then I was like, boom, he's going to be anger. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about Dean. Yeah, you were totally right about that. Um, it's also crazy that their powers don't work against um, people when they are infected. Like, they, they just get altered. So they barely could use their powers mm -hmm. to begin with. That was actually a, a nice touch of risk. And um, so the cop, Officer Dean, he... Um, he talks about how he didn't have a choice when Phoebe came on to him. You saw her and, you know, was being punished and he gets super angry. Um, I think this is very current today is that it's the woman's fault. You know, men have these natural desires. What do you expect us to do? What do you think about like that? Yeah, I thought that was weak sauce. Like he had plenty of chances to stop it, like especially when she was undressing him. Like, so don't blame her. She she started it, and you didn't finish it. You went along with it, so it's both of your faults. All you can say is no. I mean, there are definite opportunities where a guy who I believe may be out of my league hits on me, and for some reason, I always think to myself, am I compelled to do it because it doesn't happen often enough, or can I say no if it's super inappropriate or not, you know, in the best situation to act on it, you know, but it's just like, when do I get this chance again? Am I supposed to, you know, you wonder if he was in that situation, but at the same time, you can say no, you mm -hmm. don't have to act on every single invoice or pass mm -hmm. that comes at you. So no excuse for him. Right. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but own up to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Prue and Phoebe go back to the manor. Sean, put what? your pants back on. It's more comfortable and easy I access. am uncomfortable, so put them back on. <laughs> Why won't you just give in? <laughs> Prue and Phoebe go back to the manor and find it full of stuff. Piper ordered it all and used magic to bring it there rather than wait six to eight weeks for delivery. Phoebe tries to hit on... Leo, and an enraged Piper nearly throws a bust at her before Prue takes it away. 
Prue asked Leo to check with the elders, but Leo would rather orb upstairs for a nap. Not walk upstairs. <laughs> orb upstairs. Sean, pass, pause for a second. Can you go over and grab me some water over there? I'm... My, I need some water, and I, it's too far. I can't reach it. I don't mind doing that for a sexual favor. Oh, God. Forget it. Ugh. I suddenly just lost all thirst now. Lucas runs into Dean, who hasn't been able to find out anything about the pastor. Dean suddenly doubles over in pain from the anger raging in him, and Lucas suggests he focuses it on the sisters. Prue is leafing through the book, but her sisters aren't helping. Piper is getting a foot massage while Phoebe is having dreams about Dean. Prue angrily vows to vanquish Lucas herself. Piper knocks a lamp into the foot spot and is badly shocked. The doorbell rings. It's Dean. Phoebe is delighted to see him, but nearly falls out of the attic window before Prue pulls her back in. Phoebe runs downstairs, but Dean isn't in a cheery mood. Blaming Phoebe for a suspension, he grabs her shoves her to the ground and pulls out his gun <laughs> you think you're reading 50 shades <laughs> right? this does sound very shadesy <laughs> did i say pulls out his gun i meant pulls his gun on her before demanding to know where they hid the pastor <laughs> so he smashes much of piper's stuff and she comes down and freezes him um, but her power only works for a moment. He shoot and misses. Again, Piper, in Piper form, is clearly all about her. She doesn't give a shit what's going on. She's like, my stuff. <laughs> You're breaking my stuff. I love it. So Dean demands to know where the pastor is, and Piper of Fiend's uh, ignorance, and Dean shoots again however just as he pulls the trigger phoebe knocks him down sending the bullet into the air piper falls down knocking a huge box on top of her in this domino effect and i really like that that was actually kind of cool uh she notices phoebe unconscious on the floor and tries to get up but collapses dean nearly turns the gun on himself and Prue, but Prue flings objects at him, knocks him down, and Lucas shimmers in and grabs Prue and shimmers away with her. Um, Prue got very trigger happy with her power in this when she was just knocking everything his way. Uh, that was a nice scene, I thought. That was a cool scene. Very high octane. A lot of stuff was happening all at once. Mm -hmm. uh, you wonder how many times they had to do that take. That's true. Yeah, there was a lot involved. Like, they had to probably get it right just that first time. Mm -hmm. I'd be so pissed if I had to set all that stuff up again because <laughs> somebody just started laughing. <laughs> I'd be the one laughing. <laughs> Piper, one side paralyzed, hobbles upstairs to get Leo. She finds him passed out on the bed. I would have sat on him. <laughs> Piper collapses, knocking some stuff off the dresser. Leo comes to and rushes toward Piper. Suddenly, the sloth ball falls out of him. He starts to heal Piper, but Piper says that Phoebe needs healing more. At that moment, the gluttony ball flies out of Piper. Piper and Leo realize that the sin balls can be removed with a selfless act. Piper thinks that this means Phoebe is back to herself again. She risked her life to save Piper. Piper and Leo find Phoebe barely alive, but Leo is able to heal her. Lucas has tied Prue up. She can't break free because pride has corrupted her powers. Lucas offers to remove the sin ball if Prue tells him where the pastor is. Prue brusquely refuses, prompting Lucas to open a pit. It represents everlasting torment. Prue demands to be untied before she will tell Lucas where the pastor is. And when Lucas unties her, she jumps into the pit. <laughs> Just in time, Leo and Phoebe and Piper find her, and Leo orbs into the pit to bring her back. Pride is very, very sneaky. Like, there is no such thing as a selfless act, honestly. No matter how much you think you are being selfish, you're doing it for some kind of gratuitous Mm -hmm. reason and and that's okay i think that's okay but that's how evil pride is yeah prue would get the most evil <laughs> piper freezes lucas just as leo pulls prue out okay 
When she froze Lucas, this was one of the first times it looked really bad. Really? It That's looked okay. like they pressed pause on a VCR and it was kind of like blurry and you could tell like they just paused it. They didn't even bother to try to get a crisp image. Gotcha. Uh, sometimes, and you'll see this, um, if the camera is not completely panned on just them, sometimes they'll just freeze themselves. <laughs> you know, they just stop in place and try oh, not okay. to move. You'll see that sometimes throughout the show. How cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prue doesn't even realize she almost died. Piper thinks the only way to snap Prue back to herself is to vanquish Lucas. <laughs> I'm getting that word a lot today. Yeah. Phoebe throws Lucas's own sin balls at him. He falls into the pit. The pride ball leaves Prue and the envy and anger balls return to the box as well. Piper finds the crystal bearing Robert Pike's soul, Leo Orbs, up there to release him. The sisters meet at P3 where... Orgy is playing. You recognize them right away. They have a distinctive look. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Prue doesn't understand how she couldn't get rid of her sin by acting selfless, but Piper tells her there's no such thing as a selfless act when one is in a prideful state. Phoebe has written a paper about her indiscretion with the professor. Her grade of B- minus is enough to ensure her graduation. I do enjoy her spin on why she hit on the professor as an experiment. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a really nice touch. So, you know, kudos to Phoebe. That was smart. Yeah, it was. Um, but um, she's not off the hook. Let's talk about this other top she showed up at the club with showing much side boob. I mean, it was basically like a cloth, like cover, <laughs> just covering her up. I don't know. It was all glittery. I wasn't really a fan of it, but I will say this. Her outfit throughout the episode, so the the stringy top with that red oh, velvet, yeah. I love that, and it matched perfectly with her lust, um, sin ball mm -hmm. interactions. Like it, it was very, you know, out with outer as well as within, just sort of exuberating lust. So that was a really nice outfit, I thought. Yeah, and I agree with you. Her top in the end, like I know backless shirts were big back then. That one looked weird. It had no shape in the front. No, That's not at why all. I think. Yeah, I yeah, I wasn't really feeling that one. But um, yeah, that is the episode for uh, San Francisco, episode eighteen. Sean, what did you think of this? Um, this one was it can wait. Like this was such a bad. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one was definitely fun. I see why you like it so much, mm -hmm. and um. I've always been a fan of taking things like the seven deadly sins and like putting them in a fun atmosphere like this and yeah. getting to kind of guess who's going to have what. I thought it was a really fun episode. Um, yeah, I enjoy these two. And again, it's it's still cool that even though we do have a continuing story to to um, execute with Cole and, you know, these demons and, and stuff that they fight are no laughing matter. But yeah, it's still cool to have fun. And um, even though we are getting towards the end of the season, it was nice to just see them, you know, just kind of do whatever and step out of the box. In a way, it kind of reminded me of Joss Whedon's writing in that it started with something very light, but it turned into something very dark. Like... When I say that, I'm thinking of the musical episode. That episode has some really heavy hitters in it. Yeah. So yeah. I really enjoy that type of writing. So I, I want to give kudos to the writer. And, you know, just because it was mentioned throughout this entire episode, what is your thought on the crime thriller seven? The crime thriller seven? Yeah, with uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Oh, 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 seven. You threw me with your crime thriller. Um, I really like Seven. I think it's such a good movie. Yeah, I remember watching it when I was younger and not really understanding mostly everything that happened in there because I didn't know how the sins worked mm -hmm. in correlation with how everyone was dying. And the whole lust one flew right over my head. I know that he was hysterically telling his story, but I had no idea what he was talking about. Maybe because I was like super gay from the start and I was like, put it in the what now? But <laughs> I honestly had no idea what was happening to him. And because they didn't show it, you know, right. and when he was describing it, I didn't get it. And then I watched it again after I bought it. And then I, over time, I was like, whoa, gross. I'd say Ouch. the same thing. I didn't understand it when I first watched it. Yeah. 
crazy but yeah the movie is is pretty crazy but yeah i'm a big fan of it too Mm -hmm. all right well i do have a couple of notes from this episode uh while infected with sloth leo notes that he has been vigilant for 60 years and deserves a break leo died in 1942 meaning he has been a white lighter for about 60 years wow yeah pretty crazy uh, Leo was also seen watching John Wayne movie Rio Grande. If um, you were ever curious about what movie really Western wasn't. was show- showing, <laughs> hater. <laughs> um, and along with San Francisco Dreaming, this is one of the two episode titles that refers uh, to the Charm One's hometown of San Francisco. Even though the house is in LA. I know. All right, Sean. Something that I did not realize until watching this episode today. There were lots of guys in this episode. We have some thinking to do. It is time for Hot Man Meter. Let's start with our demon of the week. Kevin Wiseman as Lucas. Nope. No? No. Okay, so here's the thing. You were lusting over that chest hair he was sprouting throughout the whole thing, though. Okay, I made mention to it, yeah. but I wasn't lusting after it. It was still hot, though, wasn't it, though? It was a little too much. Really? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love all that hair. The more the merrier for <laughs> me. I love it. But he does not make my list either. Hater! <laughs> uh, now we go to Officer Dean, Michael Roderick. Did Officer Dean make your top 10 this week? (laughs) He does. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Okay, where are you putting Officer Dean? Um, This is going to throw everything off. I know. This episode ruined me. Like, there were a lot of guys that I was into. But I start with Assistant Demon number one and end with Assistant Demon number two. And now we're getting rid of number two. I know. I'm going to put him right under Paul Wittenberg as Caleb. Under him, mm-hmm. so that means he is now your new number ten, yeah, Officer Dean. So he is not as hot as Caleb. He's not as hot as Caleb. Okay, all right. Assistant Demon number two, Keith Allen, is gone. All right, Dean is going on my list too. Even though he was a total dick, he was pretty hot in this episode. I thought. Um, is it weird that I found him hotter when he was angry? <laughs> That's funny because that's when I didn't think he was as high. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I wasn't like turned on. I just was like, oh, okay, don't lie, yeah. Don't lie to me. So like when he he's like, this is a social call and grabs her. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. So because he is going on my list, I am putting him over Bo Lightfeather, uh, Michael Gray Eyes. Uh, so he is going to be my number nine. Making Bo number 10 and uh oh, Leo <gasps> Hater. Leo Brian Krause is off my top 10 list wow. the first time for Brunch with the Hollowells. So sorry. He's still a good looking man. It's just these other dudes have just knocked him down. Whatever. <laughs> All right. How about our pastor, Julio, Julio Herzer? Does he make your top 10 this week? I'm not a very religious person. (laughs) I do love um, redheads, but this particular man did not do it for me. So I'm going to pass on that too. Um, Then we have Robert Pike, our blonde in blue in a suit, all all greedy for greed, and getting hit by a bus. How did he do? Mm, I'm kind of glad he got hit by a bus. (laughs) (laughs) You're horrible. (laughs) I'm assuming he does not make your hot man meter this week. He does not. Okay. Um, I'm going to pass on him, too, just based on my list thus far. Then we have, if you can remember, our reporter on television, who also in um, interviewed uh, Prue during the hostage negotiation, played by Danny Ricardo. Not only do I remember him, Rob, he's going above Eddie Cahill. Oh! <gasps> He's going over Sean. Yeah. The sweet Sean. He was so cute. He was gorgeous. Oh my God. I mean, reporter, not Eddie K. I know, that's what I'm talking about. No, the reporter is gorgeous. Okay, so he's going to go 
over Eddie Cahill, making him your number seven. Wait. Yeah, you're number seven. Wow. That means Caleb is now your number 10. And Officer Dean just got knocked off. So he goes on and goes at back off. At least he made it. Yeah, at least he <laughs> made it. All right. Um, yes, this male reporter is definitely going on my list. This is going to be super heavy for me. Um, he also goes over Sean. <laughs> You're such a hater. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you. But he's also going over. So the reporter is going over Daryl. I thought he was hotter than Daryl. But he goes under the paramedic that we saw in the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to put him. So that makes him my number seven as well, knocking off Bo Lightfeather. Aw. I have a new mission, Rob. New mission. I'm going to add two more people to my list before this is done so I can kick Julian McMahon off mine <gasps> since you kicked Brian Krause off of yours. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if you think you can find him in the next four episodes, you only have four to go. But good luck. Anyone will do. <laughs> Horrible. Um, wow. Okay, so our list definitely shaked up. I think yeah. we pretty much caught up from the break that we've had. So, yep. wow. Okay, so out of all the men that we saw this episode, Charmies, I know one of them had to have like done it for you. Update those lists for me. Uh, make sure to keep them updated. We have four more episodes to go. At the end of the season, I will be asking for your list. You can email us the list at bwthpod at gmail.com or you can directly message me on Instagram or Twitter, bwthpodcast, and send me your list. Where's all my soul, sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters. Now, Sean, MVP. Which sister stood out to you today who shined? Even with her questionable fashion sense, Phoebe was so funny in this episode, yeah. and she is my pick. All right. Phoebe has an, a really good skill of stealing the scene and also being front and center. And, of course, she's a gorgeous woman. So anytime she has an opportunity to be very lustful, she stands out, and it's hilarious doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually going to say the same, even though I think all three sisters did an amazing job just having fun with this episode and indulging into their <laughs> sinful ways. Especially Prue, just with the way she just was like, oh, I'll save your ass, and if I want, maybe I'll save you too. And I'd like, she was really good. I do have to give it to her for finding a new way to make Prue, um, what's the word? Um, what, what was she inflicted with? Pride. Pride. Yeah. She found a new way to make Prue prideful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I know, Phoebe was like... I know, I love the fact that Phoebe was like, hmm, don't seem really different to me. (laughs) (laughs) And then she says something, she was like, (laughs) touche. She said something about her top or something, and I was just like, yeah, touche. But, um, you know, I think all the girls did an amazing job, but yes, Phoebe, I think, should get it this week as well. Mm. All right, Sean, so that is going to do it for our show. Next week, we have uh, The Demon Who Came In From The Cold. Well, judging from how he's completely off on this episode, let's see what I can come up with. <laughs> the demon that came in from the cold. Um, I think it's going to be a, another cold episode. I think it's going to be the beginning of the end. Okay. In a way. I think we're going to see the return of Cole, and he's going to be in trouble, and the girls are going to have to rally to help him. All right. Did the title help out with that particular specific description at all yeah because it gives me the idea the demon that came in from the cold so he's out on his own and he's a demon and he's coming in check this fucker out where did that come Uh. from look at you no i like it that's a very good analysis i thought that the title was actually a description of something else you know in cult reference and so how you picked up on that with your what was the other one where you thought something because of how it in, how it had to do with plants or something. I forget the title we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. So I thought you were like deciphering that. You need to look up the word empathy. 
<laughs> so that you understand where I got that title. <laughs> That's right. It was the empathy one. Okay. Well, we'll find out if if Sean um, got any of that correct for next week. Join us back for another episode of Brunch with the Hollowells. We hope you enjoyed this one. And of course, anything that pops in your head, feel free to, to hit us up with any of your uh, thoughts or opinions. And uh, remember, this entire series is on Netflix, so you can keep up just along with us and watch episode 19 to prepare for our episode next Sunday. All right, Sean, say goodbye to the Charmies. Goodbye to the Charmies. <laughs>